HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Underground Meats, an American producer of handcrafted salami and cured meats in Madison, Wisconsin. For more information, visit shop.undergroundfoodcollective.org or stop by their butcher shop in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good afternoon and welcome. This is What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights with me, your host, Katie Kiefer. Um, Today I'm going to be talking about food waste uh, with Dana Gunders. Dana is a staff scientist at the Natural Resources Defense Council. She works on market and policy-oriented initiatives to promote sustainability throughout the food systems and supply chain. Uh, She leads the NRDC's work on reducing food waste and is the author of a widely distributed report, Wasted, How America is Losing Up to 40% of Its Food from Farm to Fork to Landfill. She also recently co-authored another report, which I just read, called The Dating Game, How Confusing Food Date Labels Lead to Food Waste in America. Her work on food waste has been featured by CNN, CNBC, The New York Times, NPR, and many other outlets. Welcome to the show, Dana. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, this is a really hot topic all of a sudden. I I see it blowing up all over the news. Um, So you, uh, the NRDC and the Harvard Food Law and Policy Clinic just released a major report on food waste in the U.S. called The Dating Game, How Confusing Food Date Labels Lead to Food Waste in America. Tell us what's in the report and why you wrote it. Sure. Well, you know, bottom line, what the report really highlights is that the, the date labels on food... Um, do not indicate the safety of food, and yet many, many people across the country believe that they do. And the result is that a lot of food is going to waste because of that. So you're talking about, like, let's just be clear, like food dates on uh, yogurts, on milk, on eggs, on meat, on poultry, or are you talking about dry goods also? Um, pretty much all products. Mm-hmm. And... And, yeah, it's, you know, those dates you see, the best buy, sell buy, use buy. Right. Um, and, you know, the the laws, <clears throat> the report we did looked at the history of how the dates came to be, as well as what are the laws, both federally and across all 50 states. Uh-huh. And what we found is that 
you know, federally, actually, the only product that is has a requirement to have a date is infant formula. Wow. Um, so and me- other than that, everything is it's up to the states, and there's vast amount of variability across all the states. Well, I always wondered, how did states decide, for instance, I mean, if you buy meat and it says, you know, sell by X number of days from the date of its packing, like who is making those determinations and how do they figure that out? Well, this is what was really interesting. You know, it appears from the outside that there's this very rational, objective right. system that is behind those dates. <laughs> and yet, really, for most products in most states, uh, it's up to the manufacturer whether to have a date at all, how that date is set, you know, what method is used to determine it, and also what words that would accompany it. Amazing. So um, when you, uh, in writing the report, you quoted a figure of 40% of all food manufactured in the U.S. is being discarded, despite the fact that it's uh, actually wholesome, just because those dates are don't really represent anything real. Um, h- how did you measure 40%? How did you figure that out? Yeah, well, that, that 40% number, um, that is not only dates. So really, that's all of the food and the food supply across the country, about 40% of it never gets eaten. And that's for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. everything from um, fruit that gets left on the farm because it might have a scar or not mm-hmm. look quite perfect, all the way through to this, this problem of people throwing food out unnecessarily because they don't understand the dates. Right. Um, and that number was calculated actually by the National Institutes of Health looking at the calories in the food supply. So they looked at all of the food after imports and exports um, that we have in the food supply, and they compared that with how much they know people eat from a caloric perspective. And they found that there's about a 40% gap. That's an amazing way of measuring. I never would have come up with that calculation. That's really extraordinary. Um, The thing that really blew my mind when I was reading that report is the fact that virtually all of these use-by, sell-by dates, let's go back to this regulation thing, um, you know, are, are, are... are up, as you said, up to the manufacturer. How is it possible that there has been no consistent state or federal regulations about this? In other words, like, for instance, uh, you know, I remember hearing scandals or reading newspaper articles about, you know, somebody uh, has a sell-by date of June 13th on a package of chicken, and then the next thing you know, there's another label slapped over that that will say June 15th. Or conversely, there's the problem of people making it a shorter sell-by date so that people will discard it deliberately, I mean, on the part of the manufacturer, will discard it and they'll have to buy new. So why is it that there is no regulation about this? Can you give us a little bit of the history of, of these date labels in any case? Sure. Well, <clears throat> consumer demand to have dates, you know, dates didn't used to be on food back 50, 60 years ago. And what happened was in the 70s, as people sort of began to shop more at grocery stores and process and package foods began to be more prominent, uh-huh. uh, the consumers started demanding some indication of how fresh the food was because they were no longer as directly connected to where it was coming from. Right. And out of that demand, you know, there grew this, this push to have some kind of regulation, and Congress actually considered over 10 bills uh, during the 70s. To, to actually regulate these state labels, but in the end, they didn't. And therefore, uh, the states started to respond. And what developed was kind of this patchwork that's very piecemeal of different laws in each state um, mm-hmm. without a whole lot of, of guidance or standardization. 
Amazing. So, <clears throat> I mean, it seems like there's still no guidance or standardization. So how, how, how do you think that problem will be addressed? I mean, given that there is this kind of patchwork, how are states uh, going to implement something that is more regulated? And do you think that regulation will happen? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think there's a number of ways that more standardization could happen. I think the most straightforward way would be for a federal legislation to be passed around it. Uh-huh. Um, even without a federal legislation, we believe from our research that the FDA actually has authority given with, with under current law to regulate these dates and, and provide more standardization if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a bit indirect, but, but we think they could do it. And, and it's indirect because it's under a clause that uh, enables them to prevent misbranding and, and prevent any labels from being misleading. Uh-huh, right. Right. We've all heard about that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, we think that right now the data is showing that nine out of 10 consumers report at least occasionally that they're throwing food out on the sell-by date because they're concerned for its safety. I've certainly done that with meat. Right. And and the sell-by date in particular, um, we feel like, is, is quite a waste because that's a date that's typically used for the manufacturer to communicate to the grocery store to say, hey, if you sell the product by this date, it will still have good life left in it when you when your consumer gets it home. Uh-huh. Um, so that's a date, you know, we know is is actually preserving good quality and good life in the product after, and yet people are, are confusing it um, and misinterpreting it to mean safety. So we'd like to see some clarity around that. I would too, because I mean, I, you know, chicken, which is notoriously stinky, I'm going to digress for just a moment here, but you know how <laughs> fast chicken gets stinky, right? And so you mm-hmm. see a sell-by date, and you bring it home, and it's maybe the day before or two days before the sell-by date, and you open up the package, and it freaking reeks. And, you know, many is the person, myself included, who will say, you know what? I don't like the way this smells. I'm going to discard this. I think it's poisonous. But what you're saying is that it actually should have a couple more days of shelf life. So do you think what's happening there is that the sell-by date has been extended too far or we are just reacting uh, viscerally to a smell that isn't necessarily going to translate into unwholesome food? What do you think is going on there? Well, you know, dates not being meant to indicate safety in the first place are actually not the best in- indicator of safety of your food. I and see. What could be happening, you know, what what is more important is uh, being pretty good about keeping your food at the right temperatures. Ah. So, you know, if that chicken, you bought it, it had a sell-by date, it sat in your car because you had to go pick up the kids and do three other things before um, getting home, and it spent two hours in an unrefrigerated hot car uh, and then got put away, you know, that could be enough uh, depending on how it's been treated up to that point, et cetera, um, to make it bad, actually. And, and I would say if things look or smell bad, that you should not eat them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Common sense should prevail in yes. these cases, right? <laughs> right. But it is so it, tricky, but, right? I mean, that is a tricky problem, I think. It is tricky. And, you know, I mean, the bottom, bottom line here is we can't guarantee, yeah, I mean, Eating food is inherently has a small amount of risk in it. Small right. amount, but that's the way it is. And nothing is going to guarantee us that our food is safe um, perfectly, and certainly not dates, even if they if there were more of a system behind them. And um, you know, there's one of the 
misconceptions out there is that uh, food poisoning comes from food that's old, right. if you will. But in fact, uh, foodborne illness is really a result of contamination of food, not its age. So when you think about when you hear, you know, these big outbreaks, it's E. coli, it's salmonella. Mm-hmm. These are pathogens that get on the food right from the start, at the right. farm. Or at the, the processing, processing level, right. Yeah. And they're either there or they're not when you eat them, and it's a very small amount that gets you sick. So, um, you know, that is not going to... That the age of the food and it being a day or two past the date is actually not going to lead to those pathogens being present or not. Very interesting. Dana, we have to take a short break here, but we'll be right back with Dana Gunders from the NRDC. That's the Natural Resources Defense Council talking about sell-by dates and how they affect our food. You're listening to Leaving by Dead Stars on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Stay tuned for more from What Doesn't Kill You. Underground Meats is an American producer of handcrafted salami and cured meats in Madison, Wisconsin. They use small farms from southwest Wisconsin to source their meat. The animals are raised on pasture for their entire lives by farmers who care about animal welfare. While Underground Meats uses European traditions, they also use ingredients from the upper Midwest to try to create new types of salamis, experimenting with both ingredients and techniques. The salamis are made using heritage breeds, mostly red wattles, tamworts, berkshires, and mule foots. Try their award-winning cured pork shoulder and goat salami. To learn more and purchase products, visit shop.undergroundfoodcollective.org or stop by their butcher shop in Madison, Wisconsin. And we're back with What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights, with me, your host, Katie Kiefer. On the phone with me today is Dana Gunders from the National Resources Defense Council. We're talking about uh, the report that was recently published uh, by NRDC and the Harvard, um, of course, I've forgotten what the name of it is, but um, Dana, help me out. Here he is. Food Law (laughs) and Policy. Food Law and Policy Clinic. Food Law. So it's not the Harvard Law School, which some journalists, I think, did say. Um, it is part of the Harvard Law School. Oh, okay. clinic you know, I used to work the at the Harvard Law Library when I was a teenager. Isn't that funny? Um, mm-hmm. Just part of the many strange things that have led me to be where I am today at the back of this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about the dating game, um, which is the new report on how confusing food date labels lead to food waste in America. So I wanted to just go back to the report for a second and... Um, there was a quote I wanted to give you that reminded me horribly of the debate over GMO labeling, and I wondered if you could comment on that. Um, it says, uh, then when Congress tried to pass legislation that would regulate open dating, spokespersons from the National Association of Food Chains, that would be like a grocery store chain, right, argued before Congress that the industry was already voluntarily spending millions of dollars on food labeling and that the additional federal requirements would simply impose higher costs and, quote, deter members of the food chains from adopting further voluntary progressive programs in the future. Doesn't that sound more or less like the same argument being used about labeling uh, products that contain genetically modified organisms? 
<laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, right. I I think there's there's definitely some similarities and probably a few differences as well. And I'm I'm not an expert on GMO okay. labeling, so I couldn't say for sure. But I you know I think where the similarities come in are that sure you know any any change has a cost that that will require. Well, I mean, they label anyway, you know, so this is why I'm I'm always curious about this. I mean, even with the GMO debate, it's like, why are you resisting this when this is what consumers want? And it's a marketing tool that will help you, you know, further sell your product into the marketplace if you do this. Um, So I don't understand what the big issue is, because everything has GMO products in it anyway. So, um, but wouldn't manufacturers resist uh, any change that would eat into their profits? So say you are uh, a Cargill or a Tyson, um, do you really want to have to, or dairy product, for instance? Um, You know, perishable goods are the ones that I really, I really wonder about how they're going to change the labels and, and what labeling system would do better for them. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, well, for date labels, I mean, they're already doing it, and actually they're having to incur some costs uh, just because of the fifty, the difference in the 50 states, right? It's costly to have to track everything that's going on. Yeah, especially if you're that. selling from a central point into 50 different states and you have to observe different regulations. So it would actually streamline and cheapen their costs, right? Right. If they had yeah. a standardized labeling system. But what, what would be the, the biggest challenge in labeling foods that people wouldn't waste them, but at the same time, you know, you wouldn't be holding on to something long past its, you know, appropriate date? Well, I think, you know, the, to me, standardizing the date labels is the first step. And the second step is a, a, equally, if not more important, is a, a consumer education mm-hmm. campaign to really educate consumers on what the dates mean. Because, you're not going to have, I mean, I think what will happen is these dates will get standardized so that they'll have phrases that actually have a meaning behind them, which is different from what's happening today. Right. And then once we have a meaning, we can go out and tell consumers, hey, here's this, what this means. And it doesn't mean safety. It means this product is at its very peak quality, and it's the manufacturer's estimate of when that's the case. But if you eat it after, it just you know, it might taste a little different than they originally intended. And you may or may not even be able to notice that difference. Right, right. So I think to me, that would that would apply particularly to processed foods, which of course, we all, you know, most many Americans really rely on processed foods for their um, nutritional needs. So would that also apply to to things that are fresh? And also, yeah. Uh, yeah. So how would it, you make that change? It actually does. Then? I mean, something like milk or yogurt, uh, those dates are just peak quality dates, and uh-huh. and those products can can they often be consumed after that, and and those are the type of products I really encourage people to do the taste and and smell test because you will taste or smell that they're bad long before they would actually make you right. Sick. So, um, what about the states that have no date labeling requirements? Has that been has that affected public health or or the amount of food that is wasted? So, say you're in a state where, like New York State, for instance, even though I know a lot of the um, a lot of the products are labeled, they don't have any requirement to be labeled, and so presumably some people just bypass that step altogether. Has that had an impact on how much people have wasted of those products? You know, unfortunately, we, we weren't able to really, we don't have the data to really know um, mm-hmm. if less is being wasted in those states. I would guess not really. I think the confusion exists kind of regardless of what the state laws are in each independent state right mm-hmm. now. Um, 
I do think that the the upside of this of the regulations being fairly loose around these things is that business could act now to standardize these dates even without changing laws. Right. So they could agree, like uh, the dairy industry could agree, the meat industry could agree, uh, processed food companies could agree to create one standard by which they all label exactly. their products. Right. Yeah. And is there and, any and movement very towards that? laws that would get in the, in the way of that. Right. Um, yeah, there, you know, it's early days, I would say, in this conversation. We just released the report last week, so right. um, we're still sort of talking and, and figuring out. But I, I do, I'm, I'm quite optimistic that the food industry will step forward and, and make a strong move to create more standardization and less confusion That's around these days. Have you heard from like the Grocery Manufacturers Association or something like that that has given you an indication that they're reading the report and thinking, oh, yeah. Because again, we could go back to this idea of like, well, from their point of view, from the bottom line, if people still believe that the sell-by date means that if it's past that date, it's no good, they should throw it out, then they're going to go out and buy it again, which hasn't, I mean, that does have an impact on the bottom line of a food manufacturer, right? I mean, if you're selling a processed food product, a TV dinner, and it says, you know, sell by such and such a date, and then people decide, oh, my God, that's been in the freezer for two months. I shouldn't eat that. And they throw it out. They're going to go out and buy another one. Right. So how do you get grocery manufacturers to buy into this idea when it could actually have a negative impact on their profit? It, you know, it's a great question, and I think it's sort of to, to be determined, right? Okay, I think the yeah, more consumers speak up for, for wanting this, yeah. the, the more they'll respond, and it will be, you know, a, a brand loyalty move where they're helping, they're being a helpful brand for their consumers right. rather than wanting, wanting them to be confused, right? Um, yes. And hopefully that will do more to improve their bottom line than the loss of sales because people are, are using their food better. And, and, and hopefully they'll see it as a way to to provide their consumers with more value. Yeah, I see that too. Um, but I also see it going the other way just because um, right. <laughs> I'm that kind of a person. That's the way I think. Very skeptical. You know, it's hard, it's hard to stand up in public and say, no, consumers, we want you to be confused. We're going to keep it this way. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> However, what they'd rather do is, is not stand up and not say anything, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of how the food industry works in general. Um, just saying. <laughs> um, let's go on to another question because we unfortunately don't have too much time left. But your report focuses primarily on consumers rather than any of the other major groups of buyers. And so just out of curiosity, I was wondering about um, the impact of, of regulations on, say, restaurants, institutions, schools, grocery stores. You know, all of those guys have a huge impact on how much food is wasted. I mean, I can imagine, you know, a restaurant chain or a hotel throwing out tons of food um, if it's gone past its sell-by date and the you know whoever is in charge of the kitchen thinks, well, that's it. It's, it's going to be bad and we could be liable for some food safety issue. Again, it goes back to consumer education. But um, what about those other big uh, industrial buyers? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you're absolutely right. Um, again, there's not great data on this, so we weren't able to go out and find you know some kind of report that would have that information. Um, what we did see was that the food industry in their own supply chain is estimating that about $900 million a year of, of, of expired product is going to waste, essentially, um, so within the supply chain before it even gets to the store. And that's that's not even getting at what you're describing, which is restaurants and hospitals. I think um, those institutions absolutely are very careful with these dates. And 
that just, again, goes to sort of this pervasive misinterpretation yeah. that's going on. And even some of the state laws, actually, you know, you'll have states that don't say a product has to have a date, don't describe anything about how that date needs to be arrived at, but does have a law that says you can't sell the product after that date. Amazing. Well, I know that's true, for instance, um, about fruit being, um, you know, whether or not fruit or vegetables are blemished or something like that. I, I, I caught like a quick line of that in your report, that there are some states that actually say you cannot sell a product that is not perfect looking in a grocery store. Am I, did I misinterpret that or is that right? Um, there's some that sort of, some of the restrictions after the date do require the product to be kind of, quote, wholesome or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, so, so depending on how that's interpreted, I mean, typically fruit doesn't have, you know, you, fresh produce, unless it's bagged, doesn't have a date on it. So we right. could, it's more of a challenge with like, um, I don't know, other, other ready-to-eat Other factors, product. right, right. Um, I want to move on quickly uh, to one last thing that really struck my eyes. Right about the same time that your report came out, um, this guy, Doug Rauch, um, formerly uh, a vice president at Trader Joe's, has started a new initiative called the Urban Food Initiative. And um, the idea is, is that he's going to collect all this food that has, you know, an expiration date or whatever, and then sell it into a sort of restaurant slash grocery store chain at a wild, wildly discounted price. What do you think people are, how are you, how do you think people are going to respond to that? I know the guy has been interviewed. Um, I know in Boston, he was interviewed on NPR and maybe other stations as well. W- what do you think are the, uh, you know, are the chances of something like this being successful? And do you see other opportunities for other businesses to do something similar. Yeah, I'm so excited about his project, and I think if anyone can make it happen, he can. I mean, he's sort of taking all the tools in his Trader Joe's toolkit and trying to apply them to this this project. And, um, you know, I think the big hurdle to get over is that people think the food is bad. Right, and yeah. so you have this mentality of you're feeding, and he wants. If this is an inner city store, he's trying to provide healthy food at low cost, and one of the ways he's sourcing it is by sort of getting this quote expired product. Um, so I think it's really important to dispel the the myth that it's bad food. You know, it's right. food I would eat and anyone would eat, and that that's the biggest barrier I see standing in his way or anyone else who would try to do that. Yeah. I think every grocery store out there could be selling near near expiration product at a discount and um, benefiting, you know, both themselves and their consumers by doing it. Yeah, because otherwise they discard the food or what happens? Does it go into a food bank? No. Yeah, well, it depends on the store. Very, uh-huh. very independent to each store. But some of it gets thrown out. Some of, sometimes it goes to a food bank. Sometimes the food banks have rules around those dates. Sure. And so they actually won't pass it on, you know, depending on on the product and the date, et cetera. Although they are often protected by what are called the Good Samaritan laws, where you're not liable for foodborne illness if, you know, if the food you've donated has, you know, whatever. Um, And then my last question, because we really do unfortunately have to wrap it up here, is if we manage to alter the label writing and reading practices and curtail our food waste, what will that mean in terms of food security for the many millions of people around the world who are going hungry right now? Like, what's the good Mm -hmm. news in terms of environmental? Because another thing we didn't even talk about here, and I think you have to come back, Dana, to do this, is <laughs> is talk about the impact on greenhouse gases of food waste in landfill, right? Yep. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's a it's a huge contributor to methane, which is twenty five times more powerful than CO two. So it's big. Um, and you know we estimate that about twenty percent of the food being wasted in households today is being 
thrown out because of this misinterpretation. Yes. So we could, if we could clarify that, you know, I think we we estimate we'd be saving households somewhere between two hundred seventy five, four hundred fifty dollars um, if they weren't if they weren't sort of throwing food out because of this confusion. And certainly from an environmental perspective, I mean, we think that over eighty percent of our water and over half our land area are going to agriculture in this country. And then we're you know, wasting almost half of that. We're wasting almost half of that. It's a terrible use of resources. Unbelievably bad. Well, we have to wrap it up. So give us more information about your blog, where people can read the truncated version of this report, um, or the actual report itself, which I did. Um, and uh, any other information you want to impart to my listeners? <laughs> sure. Well, if you just go to fixfooddates.com, uh, you'll be able to find uh, the report and a short version that's a, a little more consumer friendly, as well as our <laughs> blog and a whole and a way to upload pictures of confusing dates to us, and we'll send you tips back on those products. That's a great idea. So I hope people took that in. Upload your dates. Go to you know use your smartphone. We all have one. Take pictures of dates and upload it to that fixfoodlabel.com. Is that right? Fixfooddates.com. And, you know, let the NRDC see what you're seeing uh, so that they can come up with some rules that will be beneficial to everyone involved. Um, Dana, thank you again so much for joining me today. And I do hope you'll come back. This is a really interesting conversation. We barely scratched the surface. Thanks to my sponsor and my engineer. And I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. So long now. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.